here bringing in our pal Jonathan Honig from thecapitalistpig.com, and we're going to talk about what social media has done to the president and conservatives, and can they and should they, and all those questions. And Jonathan's a guy whose opinion I respect, so I'm glad you're here. Welcome, my friend. My pleasure, Mike. I mean, look, it's a it's a hot button issue, and it's an issue that even many conservatives, so-called defenders of the free market, disagree and disagree vehemently about. So lot to unpack here, lot to unchew, uh, all basically uh, uh, coming off of kind of an amazing spectacle, the idea that the president of the United States would be banned from you know major social media networks in the United States. It's something I think none of us could have probably predicted even in the Trump presidency. Yeah, to me, it's it's kind of bizarre because I look at the president banned from uh, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. They also shut down the POTUS account on Twitter as well. And I look at that and the additional actions taken by Google, Amazon and Apple to silence the other conservative uh, media outlet parlor where the president was taking his account. Uh, and, and it feels like that these private companies suddenly have more power than the United States government. And that's disconcerting to me. But uh, let, let's start with the president being banned. Obviously, it's a private company, uh, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Those are all private companies. They can do that. But just because you can doesn't mean you should. Well, and, and that's what's going to play out, Mike. I mean, is this a good business decision by Twitter, by Facebook, by other social media companies? That's going to play out. But I think we can't gloss over what your initial point was that these are private companies. And because of that, this is not censorship, simply not censorship when Twitter, you know, yanks President Trump's uh, account uh, just the same way that it's not censorship when, you know, MSNBC decides it doesn't want to show a Trump rally. Or even when Michael Pelka decides that he doesn't want to book a certain guest. I mean, you've got callers on the phone right now. You're not censoring them, not by not letting them on the air. What you're doing is discriminating. You're choosing. And that's your right. So there is no issue here, Mike, for free speech. Only the government can censor. And one has the right, of course, to, to speak, but they don't have a right to someone else's platforms. And you certainly can't make the argument there's a monopoly here. There's innumerable other platforms, uh, especially for the president to speak on. So you might be upset and frustrated that the president's Twitter handle has been pulled, but it's simply not a, uh, an issue of free speech. And, you know, I got to tell you, I'm, I'm actually happy to live in a country uh, where a company can ban a president, right? I mean, that's freedom. It, this couldn't happen in, in China. China is all monitored and controlled by the government. You couldn't do it in Russia, couldn't do it in Cuba. You know, you can't do it in Iran. You can do it in America. You can say, you know what? My rules, my house, and I don't want this person, this uh, uh, entity using it. So this is something I think if you believe in property rights, if you believe in freedom, you should be celebrating, not demonizing. I, I get this. These are fair points. However, there is a concerted effort to silence or prevent a specific class of thought from showing up on some of these social media outlets. For example, my personal social media account on Twitter has lost over 25% of my followers since Friday. 
And it appears like several other conservative commentators have also been silenced or, in the case of Tracy Beans from Uncovered D.C., had their accounts suspended. And it it's kind of, um, I guess, an apartheid of the digital nature where certain people are being forced out of one marketplace. And, yeah, there are others, but they're not nearly as good or not nearly as uh, large an audience. So there are alternatives, but none of them are even close to the ones that exist. And that, to me, says that these are these are now private companies that are discriminating, if you will, against their customers. Not a good argument or a good argument. Well, listen, I, I also uh, uh, experienced a massive drop in, in Twitter followers just in the last couple of days, Mike. I mean, I noticed they went from about 48,000 Twitter followers to 42,000 Twitter followers. Uh, Twitter has explained that. It's part of a regular purge. As we all know, there's a lot of fake accounts. There's a lot of fake bots. There's a lot of noise out there. Um, but let's say even that, you know, Twitter is discriminating. Maybe they there there is an active uh, uh, effort to keep uh, conservative voices off the, the platform. I, I don't know if there is, but let's say there is. I just I have kind of three words in response to that, Mike, and that is gay wedding cake. <laughs> gay wedding cake. Okay. You know, imagine the baker who says, look, I don't, I'm not into gay weddings and I don't want that type of imagery in my shop. I don't want to produce that type of, and you know, that it's simply the prerogative of the business business owner. You know, Twitter, Twitter had to be created. We all came down on Obama because it was, you didn't build that. Right. I mean, Twitter had to be created. Somebody had to have an idea, raise the capital to hire. I mean, Twitter just doesn't exist and it's privately owned. So what is private property if not Twitter? That is, it's not a public square. It's not owned by the public just because it's used by the public. It's a private enterprise. So for conservatives, Mike, so-called conservatives be demanding a voice in someone else's bar. It's the same as if the liberals would say, well, you make me that gay wedding cake. You have to make me that gay wedding cake. And unfortunately, conservatives are on the wrong side of this issue. Well, it, uh, now let's let's push this a little further. The, the baker says it violates my religious principles to make that cake. Twitter has not given us definite reasons why, and I disagree with you on that this is a regular purge. The coincidental nature of the hundreds of thousands of lost followers by dozens of accounts, it's just too too obvious that this is a purge of conservatives. Uh, if the president violated their terms of service, yes. But China gives us more, more definite answers on where the line is than Twitter and Facebook and Instagram do. I, I, think, can't, I, look, I can't, can't disagree that I believe that they are inconsistent in their rules. I think their rules are poorly applied. I think they're extraordinarily poorly communicated so that there isn't really a consistent. Um, but, you know, Mike, the fact that they're biased shouldn't be a surprise. I think uh, CNN is biased. Fox News is biased. The New York Times is biased. Wall Street Journal is biased. Um, and this, you know, this whole notion, though, of being required to have a platform of course, you're too young to remember this, Mike, but some of us remember might remember back in the 70s and 80s when groups were uh, uh, protesting the government to be re allowed to 
be in malls and to hand out literature in malls. Remember that? And the, the argument was the mall is the public square and a mall owner can't require can't forbid someone from being out there because they're they're stifling their voice. They're stifling. So the Twitter is not a public space. It's a private company. And even if their rules are poorly applied, it's their house, their rules. Uh, and there are uh, other uh, uh, forms of ways that the president can be heard. Certainly the president and certainly anyone, Mike, um, you know, whether it's parlor or gab or anywhere, anywhere else. Um, so principles are tough when they don't go the way you want to, when they kind of challenge. But um, that's when you need to hold on to them and, and protect them. And that's why I think, as I said, uh, you know, people might not, might not like the, the fact the president got his Twitter handle pulled, but they need to respect Twitter's right to do it. Yeah, and I go back to just because you can doesn't mean you should. And the ultimate answer, and I think Jonathan may even support me on this, the ultimate answer on this topic will come in the reckoning from the free market. If the shareholders from the stock of Twitter support it, then Twitter's fine. But if they don't, they will pay the price for blocking not only conservatives, but the president of the United States. Fair point. Well, I wish I wish that's what I was hearing conservatives say, Mike. But what I hear them saying is break these one, break them up, uh, go after them in court, uh, require them to do this and that. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. If if, um, you know, the, the free market works, if people don't feel like they're not being represented, they're they're going somewhere else and they already have. I mean, I think I think Twitter's paid a real price as it is in terms of subscription loss and user loss as a result of some of their decisions. But, you know, that's the that's what where that process needs to take place. I mean, you know, if you hate government, Mike, the last thing you should be doing is mandating the government get involved in forcing private companies to deal with others they don't. Um, and it's it's a you know, the, the notion of private property, as I said, is, a, you know, what could be more American than being able to say this is my house? I make the rules that has never been able to be said really in any other country. So it should be celebrated here. I hope so. We're going to have to keep an eye on this one. His name is Jonathan Honig. Follow him at the And as long as we can on social media. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Thanks for the discussion. And we'll keep it going in the weeks ahead. I'm sure.